This podcast contains potentially adult language, adult themes, definitely drinking, and possibly sexual context. Listener discretion is advised. recording standing by while we're standing by we're going to go ahead and continue to drink uh, oh yeah you're welcome too so yep lance my co-host today is the amazing mark muncie from at erie florida i think my internet is going in and out did, did you guys hear me that was pretty awesome it was awesome i believe as soon as your face stopped talking the voice came in it was yep that was pretty epic. Oh, you're gone again. And now you're frozen again. She's frozen again. Uh... <laughs> well, you'll be able to tell when we freeze through this gadget. But we are professional, so I promise. Oh, no. What is happening here? I think I think I'm having fun internet issues right now. You are. You you you're, you're like um, coming through. Yeah, it's all my fault. Yeah. yeah. It's, Erica, you keep pulling uh, the, the like 13 ghosts out. where you're, you'll stop and then you'll come back and it'll. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I wonder what's causing that because it's not showing internet things on my side. It only well, happens gonna... when you're actually trying to, to do the thing. Yeah, it was like when you hit the record button. Yeah. Okay, well, we're, we're, we're back. We'll hold that and see if it lasts for a little while. Hopefully it's recording? okay. Living, can yep, you hear? Yeah, yeah, we're, we're recording. recording. Yeah, it's working. So yeah. let's start again. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Okay, I'm a, I'm afraid to stop it and start it again. No, you just know let what? it go from here. We're gonna let it go. Okay, let's talk about what we're drinking. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome Maybe. to Drinking with Authors. Welcome there to we Drinking go. with Authors, the Haunted Edition. Thank you, the Thirteen yeah. Ghosts yeah. Edition. Okay, Sorry. I am drinking. Um, I'm up in North Carolina. That might be part of the issue. Um, I'm drinking the Flat Rock um, cider. This one's called Ice Spice Baby, and nice. it actually is like a cranberry spice. But it literally has a story on it that literally goes, "Stop, grab a can, and listen." It's <laughs> but it's all about the um, thing. So I'm just, um, it's very funny. So if you Love get that. a chance, uh, Flat Rock, Ice Spice Baby, they have a sense of humor. Let's let's go with that. Mark, what are you Thank drinking? Uh, me, I am doing, since I am the designated driver as always, uh, I am uh, drinking you know, an appropriately festive holiday mug. Uh, I am drinking some coffee shop before us, Caramel Scream coffee. Uh, which is delish and uh, love those guys. It's caramel. It's holiday. <clears throat> I actually I made like a trip out a... to get to see those. Yeah, skull cup, and you're saying it's festive, and I'm wearing a Santa yeah. Claus sweater. We're fine. It doesn't matter what Krampus holiday we're on. Last week, Krampus <laughs> knocked for last week, so it's all good. <laughs> okay, well, BB, let's talk about what you're drinking because that looks amazing. Ladies first. I'm doing a mix of butter shots and Bailey's Irish cream, but it's the Scrumptious salted caramel, Bailey's. Oh, which yeah. I could not pass up when I saw it. Scrumptious is the word there. And I'm drinking um, butterscotch schnapps as well, uh, split half and half with teeny little bottles of Captain Morgan that I got 
from a long time ago on the pirate ship. And uh, so So I call it only mackerel. Yes. I appreciate all of this very much. Okay, so let's let's talk about the BB part of BB LeClaire because this is really awesome. You're actually the second co-writers we've had on this podcast, which is awesome. Cool. But you both wrote a book together. Yeah. We did. We did. We had a great time doing it. And um, it's uh, something we t- talked about it for I don't know how long, a, a couple of years. Seriously, we talked about it and, and started forming ideas together. And then when we, we had a friend of ours, Linda, who kept going, hey, how you been? How's the book going? And we, him and Hall, oh, well, you know, and finally, and partial thanks to her urging, we sat down at the computers and started typing out words and stuff. Uh-huh. Lean back. Oh, hi there. So, you don't you don't have to lean back. <laughs> but, uh, I love that. Where are so, you sitting? Just move to the point yeah. on the camera. We're gonna... Okay. Casting shadow all over yourself. Um, you were you're fine lighting expert over there. It's good. Yeah. But we uh we started and we got this thing written out in a little over a year, um, which for a book, from what I understand, is pretty good. Um and we wrote very close to half and half because what would happen is I'd write part and then she would kind of edit over it and then she'd write part and I would edit over it. And we both have our strengths and weaknesses as far as what, you know, who's able to catch what and so forth. So uh, from what I've been told by several people is you can't tell who wrote what. Nice. And uh, what I tell people is she wrote the left-handed part because she's left-handed and I wrote the right-handed part. So you sort it out. <laughs> that is awesome what gave you guys this idea so you were talking about it but what made you go this route because for those actually getting to watch this podcast there is the most amazing thing going on in the background yeah. with an airship and a diorama and um when mark met you guys because mark turned you guys onto this show which is amazing because being co-host oh the diorama is coming forth oh yeah, yeah we'll check that out Quick peek. Is yep. This is the, the ship, the Badger. This is the airship by Rufus Porter. And then there's the church and the fort at Mackinac Island. All this plays a part in our story. So we can't draw pictures to, to kind of show people what we're there for. So I built that. <laughs> we built that. It's amazing. It's it's amazing. Yeah. So, what gave you guys this idea? What made you go this route? Well, we, you know, are very. We've done historical reenactment. Um, we've done uh, rin fairs and we've done um, cons and stuff like that, and just loved all the, the the whole party of it. And the the it's like a masquerade party that goes on. It's great fun. And we saw steampunk. We got fascinated with steampunk, and we were like, all right, where's what's this about? Where's the the core of steam? You know, you can tell where did it start. Yeah, you can tell. You know, like where zombies started. You can track that back and so forth to some degree. So we wanted to figure out, and we couldn't find an actual base for steampunk. And so what we did is we went tracking back to the birth of the Industrial Revolution, uh, which was the early 1830s, and this is when steam was king as power. And I, at that time, was doing a, a living museum where I was playing a part as a teacher at a museum, uh, the old Florida Museum in St. Augustine. And that was set in 1835. 
Well, as we did research, we found out that more interesting stuff happened and it suited the story better to move it to 1834. So we had halfway through this whole project, we had to go back and change all the dates and many of the facts to fit 1834 so that everything would fall into place. Because this is heavily based on research. Researching uh, when a fountain pen was created first was, uh, was a fun one. Right. I spent a half a day trying to find a, a, the path that they would have taken from this point to that point to find a bridge over the Lafayette Bridge is what it ended up being because I wanted to have a battle there. And so, you know, we really wanted to make sure this was so closely married in history that somebody could years from now, whatever, pick up the book and go, hey, did this really happen? Did this, this might have actually, you know, so that's kind of the way we went about it. We started off with, um, you know, just wanting to do something fun, steampunks, and you need a, a conflict to make, um, to make the, the innovation happen. So of course, who are you going to get for a foe? Zombies. I, so, I think zombies are always the most yeah. brilliant foe. You can bring into anything. I will bring zombies into any story I possibly can. Romantic comedy, fucking zombies. Right <laughs> in the story. Like, yeah. right in. I'm Love good it. with that. Yeah. Our yeah. zombies are scientifically feasible, though. They're not like, he died, now he's back and wants to eat your brains. It's an affliction, a, a disease. Yeah, you guys went with the viral zombies, which was uh, yes, yes, kind of like Twenty Eight Days Later, only it's not rage; it's you know, it's an actual viral infliction, uh, affliction. Which is how it's going to happen. I'm just saying, eventually yeah. we will have that outbreak. We're ready. I'm waiting for it. <laughs> I'm I was prepared. like a little disappointed in 2021, or I'm I'm sorry, uh, the year what was it? The year 2000 when they said it was all going to oh, crash yeah. and everything, and the, Y2K. the computers all Y2K. Yeah. I was like. All right, where's my zombies? Yep. You, I was promised zombies. Where's my zombies? Hey, yeah. you know when those bath salts came into play? I thought we were yeah. getting pretty yeah. close. We were getting Not close. Lie. We I was like, I oh, it's happening. And then it only happened a few times. And I'm like, I, I guess it's not happening. Whatever. <laughs> oh, yeah, we were great. We were very, very excited about that. And it didn't happen. I was like, all right, put the swords away. I guess. Oh. But, uh, what we wanted to do is to have something that was epic but manageable. You know, so this, you know, in 1834, the country is pretty young and tender. We just barely survived um, the War of 1812 and uh, just about, just about to start the big conflict down at the Alamo, the, the Spanish American War, or the Mexican War, excuse me. And um, so, the, the resources are spread thin and everything like that. So America at that time was very tender. Uh, all, and so we wanted to lay it in this backdrop so that the few who we wanted to focus on would likely be the ones to carry the story through. Does that make wow. sense? Well, I have a question for you. I like, you said manageably epic and I'm just like, <laughs> how to manage an epic um i so i love that you guys were cosplaying and reenacting and then you're like you know what we're gonna build this story and we're gonna do that so you set about doing that you cosplay for this story yeah 
Yes. So my next question is, um, are you guys characters in the book? Did you cosplay yes. characters that you created in the book? Absolutely, absolutely. I'm gonna bring the book forward if this isn't too shameless a plug. No, please oh, shamelessly oh, plug, oh, please. Oh, yeah. oh, You'll see, that's pretty good right there. That guy right there, all right? And then he's fighting a zombie. That is um, Sergeant Chambers. And I'll let Becky continue the conversation while I step off camera for a second. <laughs> oh. Uh oh, I feel Sergeant. Okay, Becky, come on, Becky. What's tell, tell us about your character? <laughs> conversation. You were the one carrying said conversation. Uh, my character that I'm usually dressed as is a uh, a woman in a big hoop skirt that is zombified. I have a mask. It's a zombie mask and. Uh, or a zombie face and usually I'll have a, a wicker bonnet on so I'm walking around looking from behind as a normal you know 18th 17th century woman and then they turn around and or I turn around and they come to the front of me and see my face and I'm a zombie so that's that is very cool and I see the hat that's kind of amazing yeah yeah I got a, a, a I do a full uniform of that guy and I, I was kind of surprised I was putting the uniform together based on what I could find on the internet and whatever and then only later like it halfway through or my next con I looked at the book and I was like wow I I did it <laughs> you know because right. I was just taking what was available and it ended up being the same color code and everything that's a, from a marching band yeah Yep. Uh, hey, you know, cosplayers are unique finders of things. As a cosplayer myself, I'm a unique finder of things. I've also found that doing um, period accurate costumes are hot and very yes. heavy. Yes. I did Beauty and the Beast. I have a Gaston costume that's like the type of wool coats they made back then. Not mm -hmm. lying, that coat weighs like 40 pounds. Yeah. 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 If we you did. wonder how they stayed warm, I know how they stayed warm. Yeah. <laughs> the question is, how did they function? That's the question. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, although no idea. Nice suits of armor were much more flexible than most people give them credit for. Yeah. 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 We started our historical reenactment doing England, like Renaissance England and earlier. And uh, the SCA. SCA, which I'm sure you heard of, right? Society yep. for Creative Anachronism. That was yes. it. We did that, had great fun, met some amazing people, still friends with some of them to this day. It's awesome. awesome. I grew up in the, in the SCA. I was, I think, five at my first SCA event. But we're in Florida in the sun, reenacting a minor ice age in Northern England. <laughs> so yeah, it was pretty, pretty steamy because it rained at almost every event we went to. Just to make that wool coat a little heavier. Thanks. Here we go. <laughs> oh my goodness. Not good. It was a lot of fun. And we kept doing it because it was so much fun. So is this the first writing you guys have done? I, I'm going to ask individually. So we'll ask Elder B. What is the, is this the first writing that you've done? You're not going to write that. <laughs> Hang on. You cracked up the house and I didn't hear the question. What was it? I said, is this the first writing that you've done? Yes, this is the first book that I've, I've written. I've done other writing projects. This, unless you've done it, you wouldn't get it, but I've written a lot of dungeons and stuff like that, which involves a plot that has a beginning, conflict, all those factors in it, uh, which is how I end up building this thing. Um, also, I've done uh, Toastmasters, which oh. is 
Well, me and Mark are both gamers, so we thoroughly understand the entire doing a dungeon. And right, I've been yeah. a, a DM for a many a game, and Mark's actually worked with gaming companies to write modules as well. Back in the past. Yep. Yes. For both yeah. of you guys. Yeah. Yeah, you're but, talking you're talking nerd speak with us. We know what you're saying. Yeah, we understand. Yeah. To tangent off into that for just a minute, I, I do want to say this because I feel strongly that Dungeons and Dragons is the most social game that I've ever played. Yes. You're all on the same side. You're all trying to solve the same problem. Even the DM is trying to present the problem in a solvable way. And and it's instead of like, I'm gonna take your boardwalk, grandma, I'm gonna make you cry because you know it's it's not like that. You know, D and D, you're all on the same side, and it's great fun. If you win, you win together. If you lose, you lose together. Yeah, that's true. Unless you're chaotic neutral and you just don't care, <laughs> or a secret chaotic <laughs> evil assassin in the party. But you know, we don't talk about that. Uh, <laughs> that's okay. The uh, the last campaign, um, a friend of mine played, and she was telling me about it. I thought it was brilliant. They all played evil people. They were literally looting and pillaging towns and stuff. Like they they played the bad guys. <laughs> And not that's just a, like we stumbled into idea. the bad guys, they were plotted bad guys. Not yeah. for nothing, but these guys, they've done so much you know, merch for their book that mm -hmm. when I picked it up at Megacon, they even had a 3D printed figures uh, oh, of the cool. uh, one of the characters. Uh, I believe this is, uh, I don't even know how to pronounce it, Hawakan, is that right? Hawakan, uh, but yeah. I think that might be, it's either Hawakan or Nektosha. No, that's Matahoka. Uh, Matahota, Matahota. Matahota, okay. He was patient zero in, in medical terms. Yes, and I figured yeah. he was a zombie because his arm came off the minute I took him out of the box. So, <laughs> yeah. That's why we did that, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah why perfect. Yeah, no, epic marketing right there. So yeah, I, cool. I, okay, so um, pink-haired B, um, <laughs> what about your writing? I did creative writing as just a, a outlet from the time I knew how to write. I would write silly short stories or incomplete longer stories. I actually write fan fiction um, or used to. I kind of stopped because we were writing this. Um, I have one fully published story on fanfiction.net um, and three works in progress that hopefully will eventually be finished, but my poor reader base is probably non-existent because I haven't updated in like two years. What kind of fan fiction were you writing? Harry Potter. I am Ooh. a ridiculously large Harry Potter nut. I've got a full sleeve of Harry Potter tattoos on this arm. That oh, that is, is awesome. Too soon. I'm going to get something added here soon, soon. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I'm one of those that the I picked up the first Potter book in Goodness, I was 19, I think. I think the first two or three were out. I picked it up on a whim because I was going to a birthday party that was out of the city and it was a long drive. And the party girl's uh, father had rented a bus for us all to go together so we could you know, share the experience. And I was bored, hadn't brought anything. I asked my friend if she had a spare book I could borrow and she handed me Sorcerer's Stone. I was hooked ever since. That is awesome. Harry Potter in the series and what it did for us. She was what, 19? 19. Her daughter, my other daughter was 17. And our family was at that point where you have a hard time finding things in common. You know what I'm saying? 
And we all fell in love with the whole Harry Potter series. We went and watched the movies and it brought us back together at just the right moment. And not only is it a great series and a great um, cinematic experience as well, book and movie both, but it brought us together at just the right moment. And it was, I love that. Kept us a very close family. Yeah. I think that's amazing. So I am a huge Harry Potter person too. Mark will tell you this. I am, I also, so I, I just moved to North Carolina and one of the rooms I've created into a Harry Potter room. Good for you. And like the whole thing is themed out and yeah, it's, it's, I, it's ridiculous. My, my boyfriend is very funny because I was like, and I'm gonna do this guest room like this and this guest room like this. And he's like, can you just leave one normal? Just one, <laughs> just one so that like when my parents show up, there's not like lightsabers dangling over their head. And I'm like, <laughs> I know. One of the best quotes I've heard was one of my old coworkers who said, normal is nothing but a setting on a dishwasher. There you go. That is so true. Go. That is so true. So you guys created this book and then self-published it. And now yeah. are marketing it at cons and stuff like that and dressing up. This actually sounds like more than a published book. It's like a published adventure because yeah. You, yeah. you guys have created quite a bit around this. Yes. Yes. We want to create a world inside a world. All right. Where, for example, Harry Potter, it's a world of its own. All right. I mean, you can go to Universal and all like that, but you can't actually go to Hogwarts, but you can go to Chicago as it is now, you know, and you can go to Mackinac Island where a lot of this starts. Where this port is still standing. Right, but we wanted to create our own world within that world, within the time frame, so that the populations were what they were and, and so forth. So yeah, that's kind of where we headed with that. So what was um, the first thing that you found and realized was a little difficult about writing? I make a, uh, we, we publish as a, a publisher, uh, author's accountability guide, and we put on there, writing is hard, but what was like, you guys are going to write a book. What was that first thing that you went, well, shit, <laughs> I didn't realize this. I can't spell my way out of a wet paper bag, and my typing is right here. These two guys are oh, right talking about punctuations for shit, but the point is that the basic fundamentals of getting from my brain to the to the paper, I couldn't do without a good computer. Hi there. Um, I couldn't do it without a good computer because it fixes a lot of the problems that I was having. Even though I'm still two finger typing, I can get pretty okay. quick. Oh, so and that was my basic thing. What about you? Uh, the level of research. I was surprised at how many things. Like I get into a groove and come to a point and be like, "Wait, did they have that? Was that a thing back then?" And I'd have to stop do research, go down rabbit holes of research where I was like, well, that's interesting. What's that about? I have ADD and ADHD probably. Um, yeah, no. And, and, and I'll just tell you writers, most writers I know that do a lot of research. So I happen to be a writer that I write in things that I, I have minimal research I have to do. 
But I'm also that writer that's like, I'm going to just talk enough about this and get a fact that I can keep moving on with my story. And then there are other people, like Mark's all research. It's like a thousand percent research. He's like, I'm going to actually go dig up this Indian to check this fact on the grave. Like, yeah. I'm like, it's not quite that bad, but it is, yeah, when you're writing nonfiction and uh, folklore and history, it's, you can't just put in, well, I think this happened in 1840. <laughs> yeah, 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 I agree. Yeah. See, we're about 50% out on that. between, you know, what we're saying happened, what actually happened. We've got to stay pretty, and yeah. now she keeps wanting to go, let's take off. I want to stay, I want to stay on, on track with this, you know, because it's, we want to stay within our, the world that was there. Yeah. And with it, like said, we found a lot of fascinating things that actually helped us propel the story forward. A lot of little bits yeah, right. of history and, and the culture of the times. There was a video put out about how the Indians of the, of the area built their canoes. And it was fascinating. Like it showed this Indian family actively hollowing out a, a trunk and, and doing all the lashings and such. The, and the burn, the scrape out the charcoal, the burn, the scrape. It was, and then painting the sides of it, and it was, and how they made the paint to paint the sides of it, and it was utterly fascinating. I, I sat there and watched that video when I should have been typing for 20, 30 <laughs> minutes. And so we put in the book a point where Nectosha, who was kind of our, our stud hero, he's the young hero of the thing, the Indian boy who watches his family, but he's painting the canoe, and he uses that as a cathartic moment. Uh, of painting the canoe. Well, okay, what were you going to say, Mark, before I asked my question? Well, I was going to say, one of the things that I thought was uh, kind of interesting was, you know, you focused a lot on the medicine of the era because you're treating this as, you know, viral outbreak. And the doctor, uh, I believe he has the best name ever. Is it Dr. Periwinkle? Gregory Periwinkle. And I stole yes. that name directly from my character at, at the old museum that I used to play. That's fantastic. And I made that that's up. So what a great name, though. That's 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 Thank total steampunk gold. Was my idea. Um, favorite period name. Harry uh, Winkle. A good one. Josh Me was his son. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Josh Me okay. Harry Winkle. But, but back to that, yeah, but the, the, the medicine stuff. I thought it was very interesting because I was reading this. You know, we did Megacon, and it was coming right out of pandemic, you know, yeah. lockdown, yeah. and here I am reading about a viral outbreak, and you guys like had it note for note uh but only 1830s which was very cool so when did you was this written during pandemic or pre-pandemic oh am i glad you asked that question go ahead yeah you always do tell the story uh, <laughs> we wrote it the year two before. years before the pandemic broke out we actually nice. got we ordered once it was officially published we ordered 300 copies to take to conventions and what have you before we started booking conventions. We Before we started booking conventions. Books in hand, right? Obviously. So we get the boxes, several boxes of the book in hand, have our you know physical hands on the copies, like, yeah, here it is, yay. That weekend, or the following week, we went on a cruise that we had pre-booked ages beforehand. The Thursday we were on that cruise, the, the country shut down. The world shut down. The world shut down. That was the day. And, and you may remember, I'm sure you guys do, that on one day they said, okay, we're stopping everything. 
that was happened on a Thursday, and we're on this you know one week cruise. You leave on Monday, you come back on on Sunday, Sunday. or whatever it was. That Thursday, we're like, well, so much for any conventions we were going to yeah. do. You know, All we were going to launch. We were going to launch at the next MegaCon, and um, it uh, obviously did not happen, and nothing happened, and so forth. So we kind of went in stasis. We should have been writing. Should have been. We didn't. Should have been writing the sequel. We were shut down. No, we got the sequel really working hard. I was going to say, that's going to be my next question, but we're going to pause because we have to take a quick break and we'll be right back with Drinking With Authors. We'll be drinking. This is the voice of Drinking With Authors. You are at our commercial break and our commercial is, hey, do you want to be a guest on our show? Or do you have a question for one of the guests on our show? Or do you have a brilliant drink recipe that we've never heard of? That would have to stump us. But you could reach us at drinkingwithauthors at gmail.com or on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. You can direct message or even just leave a comment on one of our posts. We would absolutely love to hear from you. Afraid to do anything to see if I'm going to go into 13 ghost mode. I see. Stop being weird, Mark. You're not helping. Okay. 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 Let's talk about the sequel. So, did you guys? Um, you mentioned the creating a world, and it links with our world because there's history. (laughs) It's where the history comes from. Um. So, are you guys working? What is your plan when you wrote this? Was it like one book, or were you like, we're going to make several books what was what's the plan here well what we did not want to do and you may be familiar with some of the other zombie stories and i'm not going to point fingers where they take the story too far they loop around on their own mythos and they and they kind of loop the plot all right and we don't want to do that so we're going to put this at three stories three books uh for this but what we might do what we're very seriously considering is taking the affliction and have it rear up again in maybe another war, maybe a world, maybe a great war, um, because there's a lot of interesting stuff that happened and didn't get recorded or didn't get properly recorded there, and then have different cast of heroes, maybe some of them ancestors of the original heroes, because the same types of people also played a huge factor in that war, and then we'll we'll do that. So what we're planning on doing is like three books, and this story is basically going to give you full closure. And then later, we have another couple of ideas we're tossing around in our heads that we might write in between. And then later we'll do maybe the affliction comes up again and steampunks get advanced a whole lot more just under the radar again. Because I like the concept. I'm having a lot of fun with it. And I'm getting a lot of response where people like the concept and the and the overall the way it's working. Oh, that's awesome. So when is um the sequel supposed to come out since you didn't write it during the pandemic here? Thanks. <laughs> yeah, thanks. A little salt right there. Appreciate yeah. Nope, uh, no problem. That's what I'm here for. Com- we have made a commitment. It's like your professional publisher, We're gonna make it. What was that? Uh, he it's was like Eric is a professional joke. publisher. <laughs> I am before the next megacon we're going to have it we're going to have it ready to go that's our plan nice. that's our promise to each other um my 
Wow, you have T minus what? Six, six months? months? Maybe? For, no, May? Six, six, eight. May. Eight. May, right? May. May, right? Yeah. Megacon May Tampa or Megacon Orlando? Orlando. 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 Yeah, that's May this year. They pushed it back up to normal. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> okay, I'm just saying you've now recorded for your fans <laughs> that this is going to be out for Megacon, which is in May. So technically, you guys probably have, because you got to still do all the other stuff. You guys have like three months to get this book done. Oh, and two months to build yeah, the no next diorama. We can do that. I need another drink. All right. Yeah. I was going to say, no pressure at all, but T minus. T minus three months to get that done so you can get it to editors and rewrites and covers got, and no pressure at all. We've yeah. got the, the, the chapters and the, the skeleton of the book. If you've done any writing, you'll know what I'm talking about. We've got all that laid out. We know where we want to be and, and how we want to get there. We just got to get it typed in. And we've got a couple of chapters typed in. So we're getting there. We're getting there pretty quick. My, my schedule has been pretty abominable lately. I just need to get some time to do that. And it might be done in hotel rooms while I'm on the road. I'm a traveling sales guy. Uh, not as fun as the old jokes make it sound. But anyway, so it makes it difficult. Are you selling vacuums? That's all I want to know when I hear traveling <laughs> no, sales guy. No. Garden stuff. Garden stuff, hardware stuff, things like that. Going to garden, home and garden type centers. And if you get on, if you get a flat, don't go to the farmer's house and ask if he has a daughter. I just want to say that's not going to work out. <laughs> it doesn't work ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, so the first book you guys wrote because you wrote it together now, um, especially since you gave yourselves this commitment and have now committed to it on a show that everybody can listen to and will listen to because your name's attached to it. So all your fans out there are going to be like, this is the best thing ever. We're going to have book two in a couple of months. Um, yeah. What is your writing process like? <laughs> well, well. I kind of intimated earlier that we'll we'll lay out the skeleton. We'll get a, a, a and it's not it's not a set plan. Last time, some of it was just stream of consciousness writing, and you can kind of see that. And in my opinion, um, that is one of the the better chapters in the book. That's what she one of the ones that she wrote is what's popping into my head. Death on a pale horse. Death on a pale horse. Where we've got this guy. He's on a horse. He's, my favorite chapter. You watch him devolve. It's the second time you watch because our zombies. Most of the worlds that have zombies in them, somebody wakes up and the world's covered in zombies and everything's already changed. There, there's no population left. We don't do that. For one thing, we're written inside history that's already happened. So we're here. You know kind of how it turns out, but you don't know how we get there. Also, we take you through first person what it's like to become a zombie in our in our situation here um, what the affliction does how it advances you get some hints as to where it's coming from and what happens we haven't in the second book we'll get to more of the answers as to what the actual affliction ingredients are but um uh so see i've been drinking it and i lost the thread oh i love this this is this is why we do this, this why we do this <laughs> it's the best part of the podcast is not remembering what you're going to say i was headed in a very good direction and i completely found an off-ramp and i don't know where i am you even remember the question that was asked that's my favorite part of this <laughs> <laughs> you, you okay 
Pink haired oh, bee. We're gonna skip over. Older Sophie bee is Lord. just taking himself out of the running for this question. What is your writing process, pink haired bee? Mine is very stream of consciousness. I will uh, just and death on death on a pale horse is a good example of it. I will just take off and and see where the story takes me. You know, I have no real set uh, outline to follow. I know that you know A is going to get to B at some point, but the path that that takes, I just type and it flows, and I I love that about writing. You know, it turns so, out that's a very good question. I miss. I wish I would have remembered it. Um, <laughs> What I'll do is I'll figure out where I want the question to go, or the, the point to go. <laughs> That's <laughs> then, not ever. Go ahead. And then I'll figure out what has to happen to get to that end point. And then I'll figure out what happens to get to the points within the points. So mine's a lot more meticulous. Well, okay. So um, <laughs> mine's a lot more meticulous. What's interesting <laughs> is that as co-writers of stories you guys are not um both pantsers like uh pink bee is a pantser that's that stream of conscious that is epically a pantser meaning you're not really plotting you're not streamlining do you guys find any conflict when you guys are trying to go to a certain point not like you're at each other's throats although that could be an epic reenacted scene but um more that you have any difficulty with the different ways you guys are writing stuff it is surprising how smoothly it, it goes together. Um, you know, yin yang or whatever. Um, it 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 goes together because we. She's known me for quite a portion of her life, right? So most of it. Yeah. So we know kind of where each other's coming from, and we're able to say, "All right, you're going to do it this way. I'll kind of take this path to get to your way," and it works out really well in almost every situation. And and. Um, almost, almost never. We'll occasionally say, "Let's let's look at it again," and we'll go back and we'll say, "All right, you know what? One of us is right," and we'll find that, and we go from there. That's very cool. Um, what about the character creation? You guys are gamers. Did you do character sheets for these characters? <laughs> well, there's an idea. That would have been a great idea. We might do that. We 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 could now because we've seen them. Uh, fight we've seen them go into battle and, and how they decision make you know uh, but we didn't go about it that way one of the things is we've seen a, I, most of my background is movies more so than books I, I love books and I've read quite a few books um, and I've listened to quite a few more because I'll do audio books so I'm on the road um, but I uh, I've, I've, you know, movies tend to resonate more. I've seen some movies where they've taken D and D and tried to put it on the film on the screen. It doesn't work. I've not seen it done well yet. So we tried to avoid that. Tried to stay away. Uh, see, I thought they did a great job in Stranger Things with putting D and D. Well, that was fabulous. You, you are correct. They and did a great job with that. But yeah. it's, you know, D and D is uh, much more of a social event than I think a lot of people realize. So it's not just about characters and doing it there's a few ways they could do it you i agree with you they don't do it well but um uh, they could but they haven't yet the movie yeah. the dragons while a uh, a guilty pleasure of mine is not a good movie <laughs> mr blue lips could have been a better villain but we're not gonna <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
No, um, and uh, of all the stars that are in that movie, it's one of those ones kind of like, I feel like League of Extraordinary Gentlemen because it came out during a time when a lot of nerd stuff and everybody was like, I can't turn stuff down anymore. I need to just sign up for it. And then they went, <laughs> yeah. oh, oh, oh. <laughs> That's how it could go. All right. Well, yeah, that's ahead. that's fascinating. Justin Long, never again. Thank you. Please and thank you. <laughs> I, he got yeah, John Connery out of acting. That's sad on League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. So. Really? Yeah, that was his last role. He wouldn't do any more after that. He was he was Who's, done. His last role? Sean Connery for League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. That was his last oh, one. He's like, wow. one more. It's like, He's like I'm like, done. Apparently I'm done. <laughs> Which, which is terrible because I actually don't think the movie's bad. I just don't think no. people get it because it was based on historical creatures, pe I like people, the, I should say. I like and the if, play and everything like that, but I think they took some of the characters too far and some of them not, not far enough. Yeah, yeah, they 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 cribbed from the uh, the comic and it and again they didn't crib the right parts. So yeah, yeah, yeah. too often that happens. Yeah, that's very true. Very true. Now I. Oh, <laughs> sorry I was talking about that the other day mark it's so funny you say that i was talking about that because i people know i'm a huge zombie fan and big fan of all this different stuff and they're like what did you think of world war z and i was like well um the title of the book was in the movie so <laughs> that happened that, That's a that happened and yeah, when I explained to people that World War Z was written after this whole thing happened, it was going around getting stories from people of what happened during that time period. They're like, what? And I'm like, yeah, it's not Brad Pitt saving the world. No, yeah. that's yeah. not what happened in the book. Not a thing. Yeah. yeah. There's a great, there's a great book. Uh, J. Michael Straczynski wrote the original script, which is based on the book. And it's amazing. And he's put it out there, but they also written a book about him writing that. <laughs> and all the problems where they kept cutting it and stuff. So, and that's why he was like, I'm done. <laughs> it, I'll tell you, movie making and stuff is, it's really interesting. I've done script writing. It's very interesting, especially talking to directors and stuff. Like, bad directors ask me to write stuff, and then I'll go write it. And then I'll, I'll have written what they told me they wanted to do. And then they're like, well, where's the pineapple in this story? And I'm like, what? what are you talking about they're like, <laughs> yeah. no the whole thing is centered around a pineapple and i'm like cool okay this is a zombie thing you want <laughs> yeah how does it never mind here's yeah. the script you you do what you want to with it knock yourself off take my name off of it it's good <laughs> give me money okay so pink bee where what what about from your side on this whole writing collaboration like what is my? How do you like, think it How does it gone for you? What do you think? Uh, it meshes really well. I I even going back and reading the book myself just to like catch up on bits that I miss or that I'd forgotten and uh, want to reference in the sequel. Um, there's parts where I'm like, did I write that or did that? You know, and yeah, that's fun. I love that. Um, I remember uh, in the initial writing phase when we were passing chapters and, and paragraphs and what have you back and forth, he would send me just a wall of text, <laughs> sometimes without even quotation marks around the speech. Because <laughs> sometimes, especially in conflict mode, I will just like, that's when I go into stream of thought. 
you know, and then he grabs this and he runs over there and this guy comes around because our our battles are small group conflict. Most stories that I've read are man on man, right? And you got this guy and, and there's a pattern and a sequence that happens in every fight scene. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. I want to do different. I want to do uh, something that's not been seen. So I did small groups against medium-sized groups or large groups or whatever but um so i'll go in just like this stream of consciousness of yeah and then and then this guy's going to come around and he's going to you know and so i send her this out what do you think she's like oh, let me figure out what i'm looking at yeah let me read it let me you know put spaces where they belong and and uh well, I'll, I'll get back move every time you said he shed and he's got three arms that he's using to fight no, yeah. I'm, I'm kidding. That happens though and for authors. Yep. But yeah. how much did your SCA background play into the fight scenes and the knowledge of how the fight scenes would actually work? Good. Thank you. Yes, a lot. Because what I was doing is rapier and which is light weapons and stuff. And we would fight in a line fighting another line. And so you understand the fact that if you don't hold that line, and you may have seen that in movies, hold the line, hold the line, shift left. If you don't act as a group, you get broken up. It's like a horror movie where the fat guy goes down the hall with a flashlight. You're not going to do well. You've got to stay in that group. You've they show that in Gladiator very well. Right. And you've got you've to gotta be able to function. And so I, I use that a lot where the group moves as a, as a group. And occasionally you'll have individual action. But mostly it's like, all right, guys, the moment's on us. We've got to do this, you know, and whether it's turn to the left and flank forward or whatever. So, yeah, a lot, a lot came into play with my combat experience, um, learning with the FCA and so forth. That's very cool. So what has feedback from fans been like? They like it massively um, good, massively, more so than we expected. Yes, we, we yeah, I've, I've heard good things. I've heard I want to find out what happens to these guys next because it is very character driven. It well, they get to of, know that in less than six months, so that's awesome. <laughs> By the way, bringing that up again, do you see how I did that? Full circle, yeah. full circle. <laughs> it's one of my superpowers, anyway. <laughs> so, fans, what else? What else have you run into with them? review wise and stuff did you guys read the reviews of your book oh yeah yeah some more than others <laughs> um we had one professional reviewer do our book and whenever we finished our book because the, the process after you've written the book that's when the work starts and people tell you yeah. that and we didn't understand that until we got there um but we had seven or eight um beta readers we called them who would read the book and, and tell us, all right, I like this. I didn't like that. Most of them, uh, we were in a book club here in, in the city that uh, wasn't as productive as we had hoped. Most of them were talking about like paragraph breaks and punctuation and stuff like that. We're not, no, we want to know. Exposition. If, we want to know if, did this guy's storyline progress properly? Did you feel the moment when these guys, you know, and we weren't getting that. I, one person gave me a good thing where she said the battle scenes need to be more beefy, more juicy. And I was like, you know what? You're right. We build up to this battle and I need to make it more. We need to get into the more of the anatomy of the battle. 
So um, that our fans have given us a lot of good feedback. Most of it is what's next, you know? Mm -hmm. And so we don't get a lot of detailed feedback yet, which I would prefer. I'd like to know what you thought about this guy or that guy or so forth. But, you know, meantime, we're going to keep plugging along. Well, what about the fans that come up to your booth at these cons and have read the book? We've had one so far that has come up and said that he's halfway through it. It was actually at our last con together because I was unable to go to this con that we had the past weekend at uh, Kaiser Supercon. But at the Jekyll and Hyde con at uh, the Glen Place Mall in Brunswick, we had a, a guy come up who had bought our book at, I believe, one of, the first, yeah, one of the first cons we went to. And he said he was not all the way through it, but he was loving what he had read so far. Yeah. He didn't so, break down the details, but I will I will tell you one fun moment you guys will encounter is when a fan comes up and starts talking about some little scene somewhere in the book that you guys added to just get it to move to another scene. And yeah. it will be some character that is of zero consequence to anything that you wrote, but that'll be the person's favorite thing. And they'll say some line this character said that is so epic and meant so much to them. And you'll be going, what the fuck are they talking about? Like, you <laughs> yeah. literally have this moment where you have to go back and read your book to go, what? Oh, what? Yeah. oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you'll have, that's where Game Face comes in and go, oh my God. I love that part too. Like, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, and, you know, my favorite. I agonized yeah. over that. You know, yeah, is an and or an or there. I, I agonized over that for days. Yeah, <laughs> it's true because it's some little minutia in some part of a story that you just you used as a segue. I always jokingly call it the you know the barista in the coffee shop that helps something happen. And yeah. everybody loves that Brista Luke and his spiky hair. And, and you're like, what are you talking about? I think it's epic. Consider you guys dress up to see when somebody comes cosplaying as one of the characters out of your book. Oh, I, can't I, wait. I can't wait. It hasn't happened yet, but we're like, we're, we're checking because we had, I had a girl at, I don't know if it was the last kind of the one right before it, who walked up and she it was the one right before it because you were there. She was perfect. She was the yeah. girl in blue, and she was she could have been. And I was like, Chicago. I know when they got off the boat, they walked down the street, right there. That was you. And she was like, Okay, thanks. You know, she didn't get it because she hadn't read the book yet. But you know, we're still waiting for that moment where they come in and uh, and say, I've I've seen this part, and this is me in that part. There's a semi-popular video on, on YouTube of a guy that I actually follow as a streamer, but he wrote a book, his own book called... Uh, I think that moment will be epic, especially if you fail. Okay, we're back. Am I yeah. fast-forwarding? Did I just do 13 Ghosts again? Because you guys froze we, on just me. For yeah. Just for a second. We, 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 we saw that you guys were standing very, sitting very still, and we're like, yep. mm, do we stop or do we just keep yapping? Keep going. Kept, you guys yeah. are doing great. And we have no idea where we left off. And Erica's frozen again, so just keep talking. It's all good. Okay. So finish your story about the streamer. Well, that's his uh, coffee. 
Is coffee? Well, that was something different. You called coffee. Oh no, yeah, no, I've switched over to a uh, apple ginger ale from Yammer Farms. Oh, that's ah. the hard stuff. Good for you, man. Yeah, okay, I, we're we're. I don't. My internet connection is just being a complete idiot right now, and I'm sorry. It's got a virus. Speaking of virus, maybe it's an affliction. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Don't lick the alcohol, puppy. Call Doctor <laughs> Periwinkle. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and she's gone again. Yep. All right. And she's gone again. Wow, this is crazy. So, so working the cons is a lot of fun. I'm just going to keep talking until we come back on. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, no, so tell me about the stream you're talking about. So working the cons, and we take inspiration from it because we'll see somebody dressed up, and we're like, you look awesome. You, That guy could be in the story, and then we'll try to figure out how to work in. You know, that kind of yeah. Thing. It works. Yeah, it works. the book does have one character in it that is a, uh, we took the name from a friend of mine that I, you know, I met him in high school. Yes. And uh, at this past ancient city con, we were finally able to uh, get a book in his hands and I opened it to the relevant page where the full name is said. And he was like, oh, look, mom, I'm in print. <laughs> and we asked him, do you want to survive or do you want us to kill you off? He said, I want to live, see how this guy turns out. Yep. So do you want us to throw that name out there? If you'd like. Alex. Sawyer. Ah, his dad is his, his dad's name is actually Tom. So yeah, make, not the make original, that. but yes, his dad was named. Yeah, Tom. but no, no, it definitely works. So yeah, so um, he's, but, he's um, so real quick since we're gonna have to kind of wrap up since Erica is uh, frozen here. Uh, how about um, oh, I see a smile. Maybe. I'm kind of moving, but I'm gonna let yeah. Mark. I'm gonna let you take the question because I All keep right, freezing so, and unfreezing. So, right. So, what advice would you give to the next upcoming author? What would be your what would don't be your stop advice? writing. Do it anyway. All right. It's gonna be tough. Do it anyway. If you're not doing it for the journey, if you're doing it for the end, it's not gonna work out. Do it for the journey. Do it for the joy of of writing, of taking a story and making it happen, and then sharing that experience with somebody else and if you get stuck write something else you know jump off onto a completely different story and write that for a little while then come back yes once you have inspiration again that that is your add thought for the moment that is awesome and that's very good if you find yourself just because i'm probably the same way but at my age they didn't know what it was back then if you find yourself distraction go over there take care of that and come back write the story, watch your characters grow and become humans and become heroes and then just see how it turns out. And that's so much of a rewarding process that um, it's worth it no matter how well everything else happens after that. And I really yeah. hope that you guys are still there. No, I'm still here. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, well, we're I'm here. We're just listening <laughs> in technical difficulties. Keep moving so everybody yeah, knows yeah, you're well, good. Um, like okay, guys. Oh, oh. Shameless self-promotion, the name and title of your book? The Secret War of 1834 by B.B. LeClaire. I'm the first B. I'm the first B, seriously. And um, it is uh, the, the tale of zombie versus steampunk. The rise of zombies, the rise of steampunk. It's kind of the origin of both. Before what either is... word was invented, this is where it came from. And that's what we decided to write and that's what we wrote and i'm very proud of what we put together good and what is the title of the second book that's going to be out in may up for debate we are still 
deciding up for whether debate. it's going to be the Secret War of 1835 or something else. Yeah, I he really can't. like the alliteration of Secret War and 1834. I like the way it rhymes, and you know, so I want to keep that alliteration. Maybe it's my ADD. I just like alliteration. Still alive, 